0: Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the Balancing Acts. We play in our professional lives, learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Trace Blackmore joining us. Trace is the owner of Blackmore Enterprises, is an industrial water treatment expert, and is host of the Scaling Up h two o podcast. So today, we're exploring an entirely new industry segment for our show. Welcome to the podcast, Trace.
1: Thanks for having me on, Andy. I'm really excited for uh, being on this podcast and uh, introducing your audience to the wonderful world of industrial water treatment.
0: yes, i, I this is something that I had. You know, I, I knew probably existed, but uh, not at not at the scale, pun intended, that uh, that I've discovered that uh, that that this is uh, going on. So I'm we're I'm really interested to explore. But uh, Trace, before we get started, we ask all our guests this question: Please tell our listeners your story.
1: Well, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. My father was in this industry, and I remember at a very early age my father sitting me down at the kitchen table and having me run titration tests with him. Now, I had no idea what the chemistry was that I was doing, but I thought it was amazing that I could put drops into the water and make it turn one color to another. And then I just told him how many drops and that's what I did on the kitchen table. Who knew that that was gonna turn into a career? Uh, I actually fought getting into this career When I graduated uh, school, I decided that I was going to go into the financial services industry, and that was just not an industry for me. I got some of the best sales training I have ever received within that industry, but I just didn't enjoy it. And my father said, you know, you really enjoy doing water treatment. What do you think about coming to work with me? And I said, well, dad, that's not a real job. That's just something I did helping you out. And he goes, no, I assure you it's a real job. And that was one of the best decisions that I ever made because that allowed me uh, not only to have a a whole nother level of appreciation of my father, but eventually start my own company, uh, start a podcast, start a mastermind group around uh, the industry and just all the wonderful things that have happened because I said yes to becoming an industrial water treater.
0: Yeah, you know, we, we think about water and I think the most, uh, the, 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 the strangest thing is we don't think about water uh, as much as we should. Uh, we kind of take this very precious resource for granted. So uh, thank you for all that you're doing uh, in, in this space. Now, Trace, one event in your life that just put rocket boosters behind your career? what what would that be?
1: I love this question because it really allowed me to, to think back of all of the pivotal moments that uh, I've had. And I really think one of the strongest ones was when I got a job offer. My dad never owned his own firm. We worked for the same company. And I got an offer to move from Richmond, Virginia to Atlanta, Georgia, to become a project manager for a large water project that we had in the Atlanta area. And That was a scary decision. Uh, I was moving out on my own. Uh, Of course, I was living on my own in Virginia, but it was a business base that my father built, and I was helping him with that. Well, this was totally mine. I started it from scratch, and I, I built up a team. And everything new was in Atlanta, and, and that gave me confidence that I was able to do it. And I honestly wonder if I would have started my own firm had I stayed in Virginia. So I think that was my rocket booster.
0: Well, thank you for for sharing that. Um, you know, my my mentor Carl Swazer always told me he said, Andy, if you're not moving, you're standing still. Uh, uh, very simple statement, but uh, yeah, if you're not testing those boundaries, uh, n- not much is going to happen. Uh, so uh, thank you for sharing that lesson w- with our listeners. So let's dive in. Can you give us a brief primer on Blackmore Enterprises and who your average customer is?
1: Sure. Well, maybe we should talk a little bit about what industrial water treatment is. Uh, sure. Tune everybody in. So Uh, A lot of people think about drinking water. Well, obviously, we need to drink water, but also water is used in so many other ways. It is the best heat transfer medium out there. So whether you realize it or not, when you're in a large facility, water is being used to heat and cool that facility. And when you use water to heat and cool, Uh, you have an issue where water's the universal solvent. Water will corrode everything that comes in its path. And uh, that equipment's expensive. So people don't like it uh, when that happens. Uh, Also, Uh, Scaling, which is where I get the scaling up issue, Uh, scale will form on heat transfer tubes and act as insulation. Where insulation is great in your house attic, you don't want it in heat transfer because it really retards that transfer and allows more energy to have to be consumed. We have things that grow in the system, and some of those things can actually make you sick. And then the last thing, just general dirt and debris in the system. So those are the four things that an industrial water treater has to take care of if we're going to use water as a heat transfer medium. So with that, Blackmore Enterprises, the firm that I founded back in 2003, uh, we find clients that are using water either in heating and cooling or a process. Maybe they're making wire or milk jugs or PVC tubes, you, you name it. Uh, They're using water within that process, and we are trying to make their equipment last as long as it possibly can and also run as efficiently as it can. As you know, there's a, a finite amount of water on this planet. Uh, and actually, I want to explore that for a second because a lot of people think um, we're a planet of water, two-thirds water on this planet, so what's the big deal? We've got the same amount of water today that we did, you know, long, long time ago, so what's the big deal about it? But if you really look at the water that's readily available to us that we actually have access to, it's less than one-half of 1% of all the water on the planet. That's a very different landscape. (laughs) And when we're looking at how we're using water and each and every day, we're using more and more water in in ways that make our life incredible. But if we're not good stewards of that water, there's just simply not going to be able to serve uh, everybody with the amount of water that we have. So we got to make sure we're treating it correctly.
0: Yeah, thank you for that uh, reminder. Uh, And just to let you know that I have uh, just about this much knowledge of the of today's topic. Uh, In our in our home here in Wisconsin, uh, we tried to be as energy as efficient energy energy efficient as possible when we built the place. So uh, we have a geothermal system uh, here on our on our property. And we have a geothermal loop, and I know that regular old water does not go in the geothermal loop uh, because it will uh, corrode. So it's deoxygenated and uh, all, all all this fancy stuff. There's a there's special fluid that goes in the geothermal loop uh, to keep the system humming properly. So. Uh, I've I have now filled the thimble uh, with what <laughs> with what I know
1: of. Well, Andy, of your if you do have industry. any questions about that loop. You now know a guy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I got I got a guy. So so Trace, you've been leading the charge in the world of industrial water treatment since uh, at least two thousand three, and well before that, at the kitchen table with Dad. Uh, thinking about your clients. What's the most important balancing act that a leader of one of your client organizations has to play?
1: Well, so somebody that is in charge of the equipment that we would treat, and we treat the water inside of the equipment, but we really have to know what the equipment is doing so we can treat it properly. They are in charge of that equipment. If they're in a process facility, they're in charge of making widgets and they know that they've got to make so many widgets per minute, per hour, or that is not going to be efficient for them. They're gonna they're they're going to not meet whatever quota that is. The big issue that they have is how quickly they can transfer the heat that the widgets are making within the project. And if there is any any slowdown of that heat transfer, that's costing them money. That's costing them uh, meeting their customers' requirements. And the people that are overseeing my bosses, my clients, they are not happy with that. So they want to make sure that all of the four things that I mentioned earlier are getting taken care of so they can make sure that their process is moving along as it should per design.
0: Right, right. So now let's shift gears to you and your specific career arc. Uh Uh, what's the most important balancing act that you've played that's contributed to your career success?
1: I would have to say volunteering with organizations that support our industry. When I first started my firm, somebody gave me the advice to join a group called the Association of Water Technologies. And they are the trade organizations for people that do what I do. And I didn't know any better to say no I just said, okay, well, you told me to do it. I would do that. And I went to my first event and I didn't know anybody there. And there was somebody there that introduced themselves to me. And he said, really, the way you're going to get your money's worth out of this group is don't think about the money you're paying. Think about what you're giving. If you freely give what you have to others, others will see that and they will want to give to you. Again, I didn't know any better, so that's what I did, and that was a catalyst to everything that I did. I met the who's who that is in our industry, and because of that, I didn't have to start from step one when I had an issue. I now had people that I could call, and they said, Trace, I know exactly what you're experiencing. Don't do this because I made that mistake. Do this, and you are going to get better results. I took that concept and uh I try to mentor people with that as well because it works so well to me. I don't know where I'd be if I didn't took that advice if I didn't take that advice back then.
0: Yeah, um gosh, the the you know, give more than you take. I uh, I've written quite a bit about uh being a net giver uh versus being a net taker, uh, in the, in this world. And if you, uh, I, 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 just, whoever that person was that, that was just fantastic advice, uh, to, to take that net giver stance, uh, because what I've found in my career is that when you take that net giver stance that you, you receive back, uh, much more than you were ever expecting, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, the takers in this world just want to pull, pull, pull and extract, uh, extract wealth from relationships uh, and uh, well, uh, wealth extraction from relationships uh, har- hardly ever goes uh, very well. So that's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful lesson.
1: Somebody gave me the terminology of a full cup mentality. So imagine if you're going into a meeting and your cup is either empty or half full and everybody goes into that meeting that way, there's simply not enough to go around. But if everybody has that full cup mentality, we can share, we can overfill somebody's cup and that's the meeting that you want to be in.
0: Awesome. Well, that's a great place to take a quick commercial break uh, because we've got books to sell and we'll be right back. I'm Andy Temte. My new book, The Balanced Business, is scheduled for release on October 3rd. This book blends everything I've learned over the last 35 years and details the management operating system I would deploy if I could go back and do it all over again. The Balanced Business is a practical, real-world guide to help businesses achieve long-term success that's built on a culture of trust balanced with accountability. The Balanced Business is available for pre-order on Amazon.com today. And we're back with Trace Blackmore talking about the world of industrial water treatment, On this show, we talk a lot about credentials and skills. You hold the CWT credential, which stands for Certified Water Technologist. And when I was doing research for this episode, I found out that there are a lot of CWT uh, credentials out there, but this one stands for Certified Water Technologist. Uh, Can you tell us more about that credential and who it's designed for, And, and most importantly, what are the most prominent skills a prospective CWT acquires when earning the credential?
1: So the Certified Water Technologist designation is the highest designation within the industry that I serve. And it basically tells uh, customers, employers, any stakeholder that the individual that carries that designation has met minimum requirements to really exemplify their excellence within this uh, community. One is they have to be in this industry for five years. So there has to be experience attached to it. They have to pass a 250-question exam. That is not an easy exam by any stretch. Uh, There's a peer review process uh, to make sure that the individual has done everything that they said within their application Uh, And they fit the requirements to become a certified water technologist. Five customers have to send letters of recommendation in. And then finally, they have to sign a code of ethics. A lot of things with what I had started at the top of the show, making sure that we are treating water with the respect that it deserves, but also this industry with the respect that it deserves. And each and every five years, you have to recertify with continuing education credits. So that's what the designation is. And what it's become is when somebody is hiring somebody, they now know the type of water treater they are getting if they have this designation. Same thing with somebody if they're hiring a firm that is going to employ a certified water technologist. They know the people that are coming in have been vetted, if you will. Uh, and they have uh, a skill set that is going to allow their programs to be the best that they can be. So um, that's what the certified water technologist uh, is. And while you're studying for the certified water technology, you're really doing your job. I mean, it, it it it's a test that you can probably study for if you're a really good test taker, but it really tests the experience. Yeah. So as you're gaining experience, if this was day one, and I'm waiting for my year five to take the examination, I'm learning all things about this industry. And I will say the thing that I love about this industry is it includes so many other industries. We've got chemistry. We've got physics. We've got uh, environmental science. We've got, uh, there's some plumbing involved. There's electrical that there's involved involved. Uh, there's people skills there's, that's involved. There's so many things that encompass what we do. It, it's never a boring day.
0: Sounds like a very uh, a very rich experience. Um, how, roughly how many uh, CWT holders are there in the
1: world? There are only about 600 CWTs in the world. And I think that's for two reasons. One, uh, we are in a niche industry. Uh, but more so, I don't think l- the listeners of this podcast understand that there is a CWT out there and how important that is to have somebody that has that credential run their water treatment program. So hopefully we can spread that message today.
0: Yeah, well, that, when uh, when our mutual friend, uh, Charlie Cicchetti, uh, put, a, put us in touch with one another, that, that was what really piqued my interest was... Wow, this is an industry that I've really not heard of. It's a credential I've not heard of, and and I'm, I you know I I lived in the world of uh, of credentialing. So uh, thank you for introducing us here. Now let's take a little bit of a of a turn. Uh, one of the things that periodically keeps me up at night is the safety and security of our core infrastructure. Water treatment for generating power, cooling computing and data centers, hospital systems, all the things that you are focused on are integral to those systems. What are some of the technologies that are being deployed that the public is likely not aware of? That help protect those valuable assets in our communities, and we've uh, we've delved into the world of cybersecurity on this uh, show uh, before. Is there any c- connectivity uh, between the world of cyber cybersecurity and uh, and and what and what you're up to?
1: Well, I might have a thimble full of knowledge on this topic, but I can tell you that we do have to meet some of our clients' requirements if we are going to bring equipment in. And we're going to do some sort of remote monitoring. Uh, You might remember about a decade ago, Target got hacked and everybody's credit cards were now on the the dark web. Well, that actually happened. Uh, It wasn't a water treatment company, but it was actually an HVAC company that was monitoring Target's headquarters on how hot and cold their building was. That's how the hackers were able to get into that system. So since that time, most companies have asked vendors like myself to not be on their main server, but rather have some sort of cellular modem on our devices. So we now have a totally separate system that we can can call into and send information back and forth. So that's how a lot of people are protecting themselves where they're taking uh, a lot of us off of their server. And even with this, we have documents that our customers provide to us that state things that we have to do, things that our internal server has to meet in order to keep any of their data on our systems. Now, those have fancy terms that I can't remember what they are, but we have a company that we use that comes in and makes sure that we're staying with the latest and greatest updates and that we uh, would pass any audit should any of our customers ever come to our office and ask what we are doing.
0: Well, it's good to know that uh, security is uh, on the top of the list uh, for, for you because Boy, a lot of a lot of bad stuff could happen if uh, if our when our core infrastructure is threatened like that. Uh, Trace, let's have a little fun now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you in a time machine. Uh, and could you send and if you could send a message to an earlier version of yourself, what would that message be? And what previous version of yourself do you choose to send it to?
1: What a fun question. Uh, As you know from an earlier conversation you and I have, uh, I'm trying to get more people interested in the certified water technologist designation. A lot of people lack confidence to take that exam. So we've started doing training materials for that. And I'm now learning how to write and deliver those training materials. So if I were able to go back in time I would go back when I was first learning this business and I would say, pay attention to how you learn the questions you're asking because you are going to use it later. And I took for granted how many years that I've been in this business and how removed I've been since my very first day when I learned my first piece of information about this industry and I'm trying to get myself back in that mindset so uh, I can give people more confidence to get that certified water technologist designation.
0: All right. Well,
1: thanks for that.
0: Uh, Final question as we wrap things up. What's next for Blackmore Enterprises and your podcast? What are you excited about? What keeps you up at night?
1: Well, I will say I am so excited that we are in the mid-300s as far as episode numbers with the Scaling Up H2O podcast. When I started on episode one, I could have never have dreamed that that would have happened, especially if you listen to episode one. I hope nobody goes back and does that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I I am very excited that the Scaling Up H2O podcast is going to be at two conferences that are very soon. We've got the Association of Water Technologies Conference that we're going to be broadcasting from, and also the International Water Conference Uh, We're going to be broadcasting from, and I'm super excited about the International Water Conference because I am their keynote speaker this year. So very excited to meet all sorts of uh, new people I haven't met yet. Awesome.
0: Well, Trace, uh, this has been a a great conversation. Thank you for introducing us to uh, a world that most of us uh, really didn't know existed uh, before. And I hope that our listeners uh, uh, gain some value from that introduction. Uh, So thank you for being here today.
1: It truly was my pleasure.
0: My name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. You can find us on all the major podcast services. Please like, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share this public good uh, with your friends and your colleagues. Uh, This show is produced by Nick Tempty, and we'll see you next time.